It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every single Carolina Panthers game. I go live on that channel, so be sure to subscribe so you never miss a live show. And also... If you ever do, be sure to check out the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. Where every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online. Where the game starts. Where shall we start on today's episode of Locked on Panthers? Let's start here. I was uh, at work, my day job, over at the Motor Racing Network in NASCAR and just, you know, trying to get my job done. But I have my phone a buzzing with uh, my friends chatting about the Carolina Panthers and a one Justin Fields. I had said to them on Sunday how great it felt to not have to watch the Panthers play that I got to just enjoy my Sunday, watch an excellent Vikings and Bills game, got to laugh at the Bills, suck it. To everyone there who lives in Charlotte that was tavern on the tracks, hope that you enjoyed your Sunday afternoon, losers. Um, two in a row the Bills have lost, so maybe we don't need to have a, uh, a parade here by Bizantes and by tavern on the tracks and all the other Buffalo transplant restaurants here in our beautiful city of Charlotte. We're taking our city back, folks, either way. Hope everyone enjoyed their Sunday watching that game, but it was a great game. And I was just saying, you know, hey, like it's Sunday. I usually have to sit there and watch the game and do the podcast, go on with Nick Carboni on WCNC afterwards. So it's a busy day on Sunday. So it's nice to have a Sunday off. And I had a friend say, oh, that aged well. I'm kind of like, hmm, what do you mean? Like they won on Thursday, like nothing on Sunday really happened that I think any Panthers fan should really be all that invested in. Okay, I guess like the, the Falcons, I mean, we already beat the Falcons on Thursday. The Saints, they lost again, correct? Um and then, okay, Tampa won in Germany and have a two-game lead. So, other than that, I don't really know, like, what he'd be talking about. But apparently, these fools are having a conversation about Justin Fields and whether the Panthers made a bad decision back during the 2021 draft by not taking him. And we've had the conversations about quarterbacks and how the Carolina Panthers need to find a quarterback and how that's their biggest need going to 2023. And part of the reason, probably the biggest reason why Matt Rule is no longer here in Carolina. But I have not really thought too much and paid much of a mind of what Justin Fields is doing in Chicago. Like I see and hear and read about how things are going with some of those quarterbacks in that draft class. Let's not really talk about Trevor Lawrence because he was not on the board and neither was Zach Wilson. And then Trey Lance has been injured. Mac Jones is a pro bowler last year, but so far this season, things haven't gone the same way up in New England. There's questions of whether Bailey Zappi 
out of Western Kentucky by way of Houston Baptist. I think they're formerly known as Houston Baptist. I think they changed their name down there in Houston. Um, that's the guy that they're talking about could potentially take over the job long-term in New England. Who knows what's going to happen, but the 2021 class has not been great. But of the guys so far, it looks like Justin Fields is emerging as the top of those five first-round quarterbacks based off of his play over the last couple of weeks. I saw that on Sunday, Justin Fields became the first quarterback in NFL history with 100 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns, and two passing touchdowns in a regular season game. He also, over the last couple of weeks, he has the most rushing yards ever for a quarterback. In a two-game span, breaking Lamar Jackson's record of 268, Justin Fields had 322 rushing yards. In the five-game span during the Super Bowl era, he has 555 yards rushing at the quarterback position. So he's doing a really good job running the football over the last five weeks, which is great that the OC there in Chicago, Luke Getze, is going out there and cultivating an offense that is around the strengths of his quarterback and that, so far, in year two of Justin Fields, is running the football. Now, throwing the football, which he's going to have to do a much better job at if the Bears ever want to reach those heights, Justin Fields is last among 35 qualified quarterbacks in percentage of on-target throws per pass attempt. He also has the eighth most percentage of poor throws per pass attempt, according to Pro Football Reference. So there is the good and there's the bad. But he's a young player who's learning and growing with a new head coach, Matt Eberflus, and a young OC, and Luke Getze, and things so far the last couple weeks have gone better for Justin Fields. Remember early on in the season when I was telling y'all just how bad Baker Mayfield was getting off to a start, the only quarterback that was worse than him in those passing stats was Justin Fields. And what's changed over the last couple weeks? They've cultivated the offense around the running game and what the strengths of Justin Fields are, and that's what you're supposed to do. So did the Panthers make a mistake by not drafting Justin Fields there eighth overall. Now, that's back when I first started doing the podcast. And leading up to that, I was telling y'all for weeks, if you are listening to this team, they're telling you that Sam Darnold is their guy. They traded three picks for Sam Darnold. A second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick to the Jets to bring him in. Clearly, he was going to be the starting quarterback that season, and they weren't interested in drafting someone. If they wanted to draft a quarterback, they would have traded up so they were not in a situation where potentially a guy that they wanted of the group of Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones was not available. Certainly, on draft night, they could have got to the position where, oh, damn, we didn't think that this guy would be there. Let's take him. That was not their position. Though to J.C. Horn, who they really liked, and J.C. Horn's been a good player. Now, the proposition for the Carolina Panthers leading up to the draft was always this. They were betting on Sam Darnold and J.C. Horn. The combination of two guys there would be more important for them than taking any of the quarterbacks that were available, Mac Jones, and, of course, it ended up being Justin Fields, and they thought maybe it would be Trey Lance as well. So they thought that Sam Darnold, J.C. Horn, that was a better proposition than taking one of these rookie quarterbacks with the eighth overall pick. And by and large... I don't necessarily think that's been that bad of a decision considering like Horn's been a good player. Now, Darnold didn't work out, but if they bring in Mac Jones, does Mac Jones work? If they would have had a chance at Trey Lance, would that have worked? Would Justin Fields have worked here? Because we're sitting here, if you're saying the Panthers missed out on Fields, you're sitting there assuming that this coaching staff would be doing what Chicago's doing right now and would have allowed Justin Fields to actually play to his strengths opposed to his weaknesses and that the infrastructure here would have been enough for him to have success. Now, the infrastructure in Chicago is not great. Like, the bad offensive line, not great weapons. 
but yet he's finding the way to have success, and they just lost the Lions. So it's not like they're winning big up in Chicago right now, but what's happening in Chicago that's not happening here is the fan base is being provided hope. So really, what did the Panthers miss out on? Yes, the talent and the potential of Justin Fields. And I talked leading into that draft that the two guys that I thought were the best quarterbacks in the draft were Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Never was a big Zach Wilson believer. If you watch any Jets games, he is not the reason they're winning. They're winning in spite of him, in spite of Zach Wilson. Um, Trey Lance had barely gotten a chance to watch him play, so we really don't have any strong opinions there. Then Mac Jones, he's in New England. So, of course, I went to the playoffs last year. So far, the season has been mm, not so great. And I'm not going to count Davis Mills because he's a third-round pick, and they only took him because Deshaun Watson said, I don't want to be here anymore. So, if anything, the Panthers missed out on providing their fan base with hope with a young, talented player who potentially could turn into a franchise quarterback. So, yeah, that's what they missed out on. Did they miss out on Justin Fields actually being a franchise quarterback? Well, I think it's a little bit too early to say yes, but they certainly missed out on an opportunity to, hey, to say, like, hey, guys, here's this young quarterback. Love him. Instead, here's Sam Darnold. Oh, wait, that didn't work. Oh, here's Cam again. Fun 10 days. Baker Mayfield. P.J. Walker, now Baker again on Sunday against Baltimore. So, yeah, we missed out on the the hope dealing here more so than the actual talent, at least as of right now. We'll see how it goes. Now, the Carolina Panthers are going to need to take a quarterback, and I'm going to give y'all a little bit of early draft talk as we are late in the college football season, and I think it's pretty easy to say who – the better quarterback prospects are of the guys that are considered the top five. I'll go over the list of top five quarterbacks from Mel Kiper Jr., Todd McShay, Jordan Reed, and Matt Miller of ESPN.com and tell you who I would actually be interested in if the Carolina Panthers do, in fact, have a chance to take one of the top quarterbacks here in the 2023 draft. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and coming soon to Australia. I know we have Panther listeners out there down under. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from point A to point B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Mini Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover limitations apply see terms at discover.com slash credit card so i was browsing espn.com on tuesday afternoon and they had a little article about some of the early looks at some of the off-season needs for all 32 nfl teams and of course i was like all right fine i'll click on this see uh 
what the folks have to say. I think it was Matt Miller and Jordan Reed were combining with the local uh, ESPN Nation reporters, which means uh, David Newton, who covers the Panthers locally here uh, for ESPN.com, also had to chime in on some things. And he was talking about the Brian Burns extension. And we we'll, can get into that way down the road. We'll talk quarterbacks today. Um, and the guys were saying, yeah, the Panthers uh, have bungled the quarterback position, and they certainly should be looking at some of the top quarterbacks here in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. Didn't really need to click on the link, but I just figured, hey, maybe they'll surprise me and say something else because certainly quarterback is the uh, odds-on biggest move here in Carolina. And there's going to be a big conversation to have. And I'm going to get into it because there's one thing I, I wanted to mention here in the first segment about whether the Panthers missed out on Justin Fields. Like I think it's way too early to say that. The only thing they missed out on, as I've said, is the hope of a young quarterback and they have no hope at this point in time because there's not a young quarterback on this roster who you could reasonably actually believe in. If you want to do Matt Corral, go ahead. That's your problem, not mine. So looking at the early quarterbacks so far, just an early look at 2023 quarterbacks. Mel Kyrie Jr., Todd McShay, Jordan Reed, Matt Miller. This is how they rank all of these guys, respectively. Kuyper has C.J. Stroud of Ohio State as his first quarterback. Then he has Will Levis out of Kentucky, Bryce Young, out of Alabama, Anthony Richardson out of Florida, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. McShay is Stroud, Young, Levis, Hooker, Tanner McKee out of Stanford. Jordan Reed is Young, Stroud, Hooker, Levis, Anthony Richardson. And then Miller is Young, Stroud, Levis, Hooker, Richardson. If I were to make my own list as the amateur draft analyst, because I'm not a draft analyst at all, I hate the draft, that's not really anything I love talking about, but, you know, this offseason, with the coaching change, a new hire, and a new staff, and also the prospects of taking a quarterback should actually be fairly fun. But if I were to make a list, it would look like Matt Miller's. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, and then Anthony Richardson. But to me, there's a pretty big drop-off. From what I've seen over the course of the last two seasons, and especially this fall, I don't see another quarterback who's better than Bryce Young. I understand that C.J. Stroud is the leader to win the Heisman Memorial Trophy this year based off of the fact that he plays at Ohio State. He has some of the best receivers, if not the best receivers in college football, and they just pulverize teams in the Big Ten East. They don't play a single good team until well, they played Penn State. I guess Notre Dame's come along, but they don't really play anybody worth their salt until next Saturday when Michigan visits Columbus. And we'll see what happens when he plays that game. But right now, to me, C.J. Stroud is certainly a beneficiary of having elite talent around him. Now, I'm sure you're saying, well, Julian, doesn't Bryce Young play at Alabama? Y'all, if you watched Alabama this year, the reason Alabama has two losses, other than being probably the most undisciplined team that Nick Saban has had since he first arrived in Tuscaloosa, is the fact they just don't have that explosive offensive talent that we're used to seeing. They don't have it. Jamison Williams is awesome last year. They don't have him. They don't even have a John Mechie. There's no Julio Jones. There's no Calvin Ridley. There's no Henry Ruggs. There's no Devontae Smith. There's none of those players, Jalen Waddell, that we have come used to seeing over the last couple years, especially when Nick Saban has been more adept to having one of these new modern spread offenses that just loves to throw the football all over the yard. Bryce Young doesn't have that this year. His best receiver is a Georgia Tech transfer and the running back, Jameer Gibbs. And then his tight end, Latu, is usually wide open all the time, but he does not have those guys. Like JoJo Earl, he's not there yet. 
He had they brought in some transfers. They have been injured. It just has not worked out this year with Bama. But when you watch Bama play, Bryce Young is carrying this team against Texas. If Quinn Ewers doesn't get injured, I think that Bama loses that football game. But Bryce Young found a way against Tennessee. Bryce Young was finding a way until Alabama was not able to convert. Tennessee goes down the field, wins the football game. LSU, Bryce Young found a way until he didn't, and it wasn't on Bryce Young. Bryce Young did everything he could do to win those games. So just watching Bryce this year with not having great NFL talent and seeing that the reason that Bama has not lost maybe four games at this point in time is because of his play. For C.J. Stroud, it's just so hard to know. And I'm not going to do the whole trope of Ohio State quarterbacks. We've seen how it's worked out in the past. Right now, Justin Fields, things are working out. But when you have the supreme talent, it's really hard to see how good of a quarterback that you are. And you also have to put him in a good situation. Like Tua, early on in his career, before he had Waddle and before he had also Tyreek Hill and just his great skill talent, you kind of question, hey, does he have it? But now that they put great players around him, Things are working out, and the Dolphins haven't lost a game when he's been able to play at least three quarters. So, yeah, that's how it works. Now, looking at Will Levis, I don't see it. I really don't. The only thing with Will Levis to me is he's like 6'5", he's good athlete, can run, big arm, and he's played in the NFL system the last two years. Played with Liam Cohen, who's now the OC with the Los Angeles Rams, and now this year with Rick Scangarello, who came over from the San Francisco 49ers. So he's playing in that Shanahan scheme so it'll be an easy transition as long as he goes to an offense that plays that exact same scheme which is highly likely considering the proliferation of coaches from that Shanahan McVay tree over the course of the last four seasons since McVay and Shanahan really became like those guys that everyone wanted to have an offense like so if he goes to that system I think he can have probably immediate success now long term will he be better than Stroud and Young I don't know it's a crapshoot I would guess that Bryce Young would end up being a better player. But what I've seen from college, he's not even in those guys' league. Not at all. Hendon Hooker had a really good season so far. The game that I look at and wonder how great he is um, would be the Georgia game. Yes, he went to LSU. 11 o'clock in Baton Rouge is not the same as a night game. But he still went up to LSU, and they, and they blew him out. And LSU's improved since then, and they're right there. If they went out, they could go to the college football playoff. Looking at Hendon Hooker, playing in that Mickey Mouse offense where – their wide receivers are so split out far that they're right on the sideline hugging it. I, I don't really know. At 20, He's 24. He's going to be 25 like next season. He's older. Don't really look at that as being kind of a negative, but it's one of those things where, like, if he really had that supreme talent that you wanted, he would have already, you know, been in the NFL at this point in time. And Justin Fuente, terrible job he did at Virginia Tech, especially when he decided, hey, I want Braxton Burmeister, who's doing a terrible job playing quarterback at San Diego State this year over Hendon Hooker. Hooker's done a great job in Josh Hoppel offense. I just don't know. And in Anthony Richardson, I think he's, he's just bad. If you watch, he's got all the traits. He looks awesome. I mean, he was a week one Heisman after his performance against Utah and then just got awful the next week against Kentucky, was not great against Tennessee, was bad again against Georgia. I don't really understand it outside of the traits. So really to me, and here's the thing, we talk about – Oh, did the Panthers miss out on Bryce Young? If they missed out on any, or not Bryce Young, if they missed out on Justin Fields. If anything, they missed out on Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is on track to be the defensive player of the year. And imagine having him on the opposite side of Brian Burns. And also an issue that Carolina Panthers are going to have to resolve this upcoming offseason. I would have rather had, at this point in time, Micah Parsons than J.C. Horn or Justin Fields or any of the other guys, considering how well he's played. He looks like he should have been the number one pick as well as he's played so far, bring a Pro Bowler last year. Probably going to be an AP All-Pro this season, and maybe 
the defensive player of the year. Like, if anything, they missed out on him. And that leads me to this. The surest bet is not taking a quarterback with that top three pick or top five pick. The surest bet is taking someone like Will Anderson out of Alabama, who was the real Heisman Trophy winner last year. Bryce Young won it because these college football writers are so dull and dim that the only way they can quantify who's good is if they play quarterback and they play for a team that's in the national title race. Bryce Young was not the best player on his team last year. Will Anderson was, but because they messed around against Auburn, he led this comeback drive. They're like, okay, Bryce Young will give you the Heisman. Also, we don't really know who else to give it to because we're that lazy. He wasn't the best player on his team last year. He has been this year, but Will Anderson's a stud. And I think Will Anderson translates immediately to the NFL. I'm not concerned about him. Bryce Young, he's shorter. He's more slight. You want to put him on more weight, and you question whether he can hold up. There's certainly more question marks about him. And there's more question marks about all these quarterbacks than there are with Will Anderson. So why, if in the position to take Will Anderson with the Carolina Panthers, take a quarterback? Because they need one. Because the NFL tells you that, hey, if you don't have a quarterback, you have a chance. And I, I agree with that. But also, like, wouldn't you want to take the surest bet at the top of the draft? and maybe take a risk on somebody later on than you would with your first pick? I don't know. That's just a thought I'm going to have. Like, if the Panthers get to their position, like, say they're not one or two, and they're sitting third, and Young and Stroud are off the board, would you rather have Will Levis or would you rather have Will Will Anderson? I'm probably going to take Will Anderson because I feel a lot more comfortable that he would be good than Will Levis. That's a conversation for another day. Just some food for thought here in mid-November, as I know many of you have already moved on to the draft and drooling about what quarterback will fit here in Carolina. I hope one of them fits. It's a crapshoot. I don't really know, but I'm just saying, based off what I watch, and I love college football, watch a lot of it, looks like Young to me, then Stroud, who, hell, I'm barely watching it, but I know he's he's killing it. And then, I guess, Levis? I mean, Levis is probably not even top 10 quarterback in college football this season. You seen that kid at North Carolina, Drake May? You see Caleb Williams out there at USC. Those guys, again, like Stroud, like Young, light years better right now than Will Levis, who might be the next Josh Allen. We'll see. Maybe that you guys can clip that and make fun of me in the future if it happens. I was wrong about Josh Allen. Maybe I'll be wrong about this too. If I am, whatever. All right, let's take a quick pause here, and we'll get back to even more quarterback conversation because I'm looking at the three guys active on the roster. We're trying to wonder like what their futures could be, and there was a – Tweet last week from Ian Rappaport about, hey, they want to see Sam Darnold so they can evaluate him for next season. Of the three, who's more likely to return next year as a backup quarterback here in Carolina? We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want it to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Once you do, make sure to add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors linkedin jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply 
This episode of Locked On Panthers is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got you all covered at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. There are the all. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so we spent the last couple of weeks wondering what's going to happen in that quarterback through the next seven games of the season here in Carolina. P.J. Walker was expected to get to start once again against the Ravens, but apparently he suffered a high ankle sprain. Unbeknownst to all of us, and of course to or seemingly, I guess, I don't know, no one reported it, so they didn't tell the media, but unbeknownst to all of us, P.J. Walker somehow had a high ankle sprain on Thursday night, powered through it, MRI showed that, hey, he's not ready to go, Steve Wilkes trying to do the best thing for the team, limited mobility, Baker, you're back out there going to play. Now, there's also the question of, oh, well, if Baker plays 70% of the snaps, that fifth-round pick in 2024 becomes a fourth-round pick, and you've already got the fifth-round pick back when you traded away Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco. Don't jeopardize that fourth-round pick in 2024, which is a fair assessment, but also Steve Wilkes trying to win games. And if Baker is the best opportunity, that's who's going to play. And there's also the Sam Darnold factor. Hey, Sam Darnold, he looks the part. Big arm, nice guy. If he has an offensive line, Maybe it works out. Maybe he's the guy that Daniel Jeremiah and Tony Romo and all the other people out there hope that he can be. So we've been talking about all these three quarterbacks and wondering what's going to happen over the next seven weeks, and we'll see how it plays out. We know it's Baker on Sunday. We'll see how Baker plays. Um, you know, Hopefully Baker stays healthy. Maybe we see Sam Darnold. If Baker struggles, who knows? Who knows how it works out? I do wonder, though, moving forward, as the Carolina Panthers, as we just talked about, probably going to target C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young, one of those three quarterbacks. We'll see how things work out with Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker, I guess Tanner McKee as well out of Stanford. But those are the top three guys in Stroud, Levis, and Young who I expect them to look at as far as the top three in the draft. And they're probably going to sit there in the top three of the draft as well, the Carolina Panthers, as they battle Houston and Detroit, two teams who are also likely going to be looking at one of those quarterbacks. And we can have the conversation much further down the road of would they be better off getting a guy like Will Anderson or quarterback where it's far more of a crapshoot. I don't know. So they're going to have a rookie quarterback next season. And that rookie quarterback is going to need support. And that was part of the reason why I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to get rid of Christian McCaffrey because if you get rid of Christian, like you lose that safety valve for a really good rookie. But now you've looked at how Deontay Foreman's played. Maybe he gets signed to a team-friendly deal next year, can be that lead back, and a great running game can also ease a rookie quarterback and ease a young quarterback. Look at the Jets. They don't trust Zach Wilson. He doesn't make good decisions, but they do have a strong running game, and that's allowing them to win games. Could that be the formula for Carolina next year of strong defense like the Jets have, which is amazing that we're sitting here comparing the Panthers and Jets and looking at the Jets as kind of a model of what you want to do with a young quarterback at this point in time. But, I mean, Buffalo was like that too, strong defense, never had a great running game, and they've asked Josh Allen to do a lot, and that's kind of cost him the last couple of weeks. But still, young quarterback, you want to put the right things around him. Can have a strong offensive line here in Carolina. You bring back Foreman or a good back, you should have a strong running game to help supplement whatever you lack in the passing game with a rookie. And I think DJ Moore is a strong player. And defensively, while there are warts, that can still be a very good unit for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. So they certainly have an ability to be able to mask the inefficiencies of a young quarterback trying to learn on the job. Now, something I can also 
a young quarterback is having a veteran quarterback around them. When I look at the three guys here in Carolina, Baker, PJ, Sam, their chance of being a starting quarterback is done. Baker might start a couple games the rest of the way. Same thing with PJ, maybe even Sam. But their chance at being an actual franchise quarterback and a, team, and a guy that teams are going to want to rally around and invest in is over. For PJ, don't know what happens with him. He seems like he's Steve Wilkes' guy. We'll find out whether that's the case after Sunday in Baltimore and whenever PJ is healthy and what Wilkes wants to do at that position. But right now, he's on the shelf for a week, and we'll see what happens down the road. I don't know how valued he'll be when a new head coach comes in. And as much as I would love for Steve Wilkes to get the job, it does not feel like that's going to be the case. So there goes PJ. Baker acquitted himself quite well. I still don't know how much a new head coach is going to want Baker Mayfield here. And if Baker really wants to sit back here and be that docile starting or that backup quarterback who's going to help someone grow. We'll see. It's really up to him as well because you have to find a situation that works out for you. Sam Darnold, though, I think he can carve out a probably 10-year career out of being a backup, you know, 10 more years of his career just sitting back there holding a clipboard and being a guy who can come in maybe for a week or two, and you can possibly win games with him. We've seen it here in Carolina. They started off great last year. He's had the spurts where you can string together a couple of good performances and wins, but the problem is in the totality of the season, Sam Darnold has just not proven to be that guy as of right now. I think he could be actually a pretty good mentor to a young quarterback because he could certainly show him, like, hey, these are the things that – I did wrong. These are the things that like I struggled with, and now you here. How can I help you? And I know you're gonna bring up also a hey, Matt Corral. He's also on the roster. I'm just more so speaking of the active quarterbacks on the roster. Corral. I don't really know what his future is. Maybe he would be the backup, but he doesn't have any experience. You're gonna have to have an experienced backup. And of the three, I look at, I would just guess that with Scott Fitter, and I, I, I don't know where. The report from Ian Rapport came from. It seems it probably came from ownership because David Tepper's really had that relationship with Ian Rapport since he took over the team. Maybe they do want to see Sam. Maybe they do want to be able to evaluate Sam as they're trying to figure out, all right, of these three guys, who do we want back next year? Not only in camp, but someone who can sit there, be the backup, and to help that young guy. Because I don't think it's going to be rookie quarterback and in second year, really a rookie in Matt Corral as the two quarterbacks next season, because that doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if the rookie goes down, Corral has no experience, and he's also, talent-wise, going to be assumed to be a a lesser player just based off how the NFL valued him coming out of college than Sam Darnold, who may be more talented, bigger guy, certainly has all the traits, just hasn't shown it on the field. That might make more sense just to have someone who's actually been in the league for five years and has four years of starting experience opposed to someone who has experience, no experience at all on the field behind another player who, again, would be learning on the job. So just looking at the three guys still here, and it's something I was curious about, I would think that Sam Darnold probably is most likely to return to Carolina as a backup quarterback next year. Maybe it's none of them, but the Carolina Panthers certainly will need to be in the market for a backup who has veteran experience to help out that young rookie quarterback in 2023. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the show wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show there. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, as long as Twitter is still up and running. At Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime, either or in the meantime, be happy, be whole, 
be safe, all that kind of stuff. Keep pounding. And I'll talk to y'all um, tomorrow, Thursday, for a Locked On crossover episode with Kevin Ostriker, a fellow Elon alum, as we break down the Panthers-Ravens Week 11 matchup in Baltimore. All that coming up tomorrow on Locked On Panthers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.